Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about living a meaningful life and making a difference in the world. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Andrew Calderella. Andrew is an inspirational speaker, trainer, and coach. He is also the author of the best-selling book, The Way, Seven Revolutionary Steps to Living a Meaningful Life and Making a Real Difference in the World. You can reach Andrew and get some free gifts at his website, sevenway.me, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Andrew. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Oh, thank you so much, Linda. Thanks for everybody to uh, watching the show here. I appreciate that. So, Andrew, I am so excited to be talking about your story. And, you know, when people hear all of the amazing things you've done, like, oh, I climbed Mount Fuji. Oh, I went surfing in Bali. Oh, I've done all these amazing things. They might think, well, yeah, he probably had this like easy life, born with a silver spoon. Things came easy for him. So that's why he did all this awesome stuff. But that's not the way it it went, right? No, not at all. All right. So would you be willing to give us a little bit of your story? Sure. Everybody always wants me to start at the beginning, so let me do that. I was uh, born in 1966 to parents fighting for the civil rights movement. Uh, We lived in Detroit, Michigan. And I was born with uh, dyslexia, other learning disabilities, as well as a lazy eye. And the lazy eye meant I was seeing 2,200 out of the eye, so they uh, wanted to make it stronger. So they put a patch over my good eye to make me look out of that bad eye. I don't know if you can imagine being a kid who has dyslexia, other learning disabilities, and this patch over his eye, but I didn't do very well in school. I was bullied relentlessly. I had teachers even in elementary school tell me I was too stupid to learn anything. I should just drop out. Uh, and, you know, that created a lot of trauma and drama and let down negative thinking, depression, suicide, and other, uh, you know, major issues in my life. And just so people know, I... While I have these learning disabilities, I was also tested to be a, a genius in different areas, abstract thinking and whatnot. And so it created this big dichotomy. It's like I could do some things really well, but I couldn't like do math or spell to save my life, catch a ball or anything like that. Um, so that was my start. I ended up going to high school. I uh, graduated from there. I was a leader of the school, became vice president. I was on a lot of different sports teams. Went to college, got degrees in speech, communications, theology, and philosophy. I was elected programming commissioner of the school. I was on the crew, uh, which is a rowing team, just so everybody knows. And right after college, I actually went to Japan. I got a job there and traveled all throughout Southeast Asia on my holidays, uh, all over the world, and met a lot of people from all over the world. And it was really a valuable experience. I started a lot of companies. People know if they look at my profile, I worked since I was young, from being a gas station attendant, a construction worker, you know, starting my own companies, and uh, been running a consulting ace, Incorporated, which is a marketing strategic consulting firm for over 20 years. And I just want to say this a little bit more about this. While this was all going on, though, I was kind of on this uh, greater mission because of a lot of spiritual experiences I've had and uh, through all these trials and tribulations. I was always wanting to figure out why it was like this and how we could fix it. And, you know, the world doesn't have to be this way. And after a lot of uh, breakthroughs and uh, epiphanies and whatnot, I had kept finding all these keys to life. And I share them with people. I'm like, yeah, you've got to share that. You've got to share that. And in 2015, I had a huge breakthrough. And I discovered these seven steps within all my notes in this grander work I was doing. And it was the seven steps to the way. And since then, I uh, so put everything in, 
an order that made sense to everybody. I kept sharing with people. It's like, yes, this, everybody needs to know this. We taught in our schools. It's, you know, so I was able to get the book out just last year. And that's been the greater mission is to try to make the, these uh, universal truths that I found on how we can all become our best and fix our world, uh, common knowledge. I know I just went on there a little bit. Sorry about that. No, not at all. You had so much to cover and you left out a lot, which I, I know because we don't have a lot of time, but I wondered a little bit because you have a lot of martial out, martial arts background. Is that why it's called the way? I mean, is that kind of, a, it reminded me kind of a, a martial yeah. art thing. Well, I don't know. Since I was a kid, I, I've, I've been into philosophy my whole life. My dad gave me the set of the, uh, we call the great books. They're really the philosophers of the Western world. And I read a lot of those, you know, and I was always into the Eastern philosophy too, which is the, you know, more of a holistic type of thinking. And if you put them back both together, I, I found that, what's it, the Tao Te Ching or uh, one of the books is named The Way. And then we have The Way in the West and The Way in the East. And when I actually came up with this title, it was because this is the human way for us to be our best. This isn't Andrew's way. This is really thousands and thousands of years of all of the greatest thinkers of the world coming up with the solutions to a lot of these different areas of life and putting it into, that's what I was able to do, is put it into one way of us uh, getting this knowledge and being so we can all be our best. You know, there are some best practices that if we integrate, we literally can make ourselves better and better people as well as make our world a better place to live for everybody. And I love that. I love that you have it on a personal level and then as a worldwide level. And I believe that everything really starts with ourselves. So this is so exciting as we, I'm, I'm excited to hear about these seven aspects in the way. But before we go too far, I just want to make a little connection that as I was reading through and your story and your bio, and it, it, part of it was personal to me. My son had a lazy eye. We did the patch. We did all of that kind of stuff. And so as you're explaining this, it's like, oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. I had forgotten. And I wondered how that affected him probably. Anyway, so yeah, and he does yeah. martial arts too. So funny, funny. Okay, so a lot of people that were bullied. I don't know if your your son was bullied. Uh, at least half or more probably have been bullied in school. They go into martial arts, and usually their parents put them in there because they're sick of them getting beat up all the time. Um, you know, thrown in trash cans or stripped down naked or you know just mocked. I mean, when you're when I had a patch over my eye because I couldn't see. You know, people come up and hit you on the side of the head or laugh at you and do all these weird things where you can't see and all the kids are laughing at you. They have no idea why. I mean, it's just these weird things that happen um, because you're perceived as different. different. And with my learning disabilities, as they say, they're really learning differences. And just so everybody knows, a lot of these, you know, what they call learning disabilities are just that your mind doesn't process information the same way. It doesn't make it bad or wrong. It's just it's not a cookie cutter approach to every human being on the planet. And if you look at it, a lot of dyslexics and other people with learning disabilities, um, but they they actually have these other gifts, you know, like like the most disabled sometimes that, you know, I, I can't remember the, the terms all the time, but um, like these kids who don't socialize well and everything, but they can make amazing sculptures. Or uh, for me, it was like, yeah, I can't do, you know, remembering certain lists of things or numbers or, you know, doing certain types of math, but I can see patterns and find things in, in big data that other people can never see, you know, very quickly. So, you know what I mean? It's like if we could harness this skill instead of making our kids seem like there's something wrong with them and showing them how to compensate. And let me just say this really quickly, because I think this is important. Um, when you're talking about disabilities, 
it's not good to keep hammering what they can't do and, and going over it and over it and over it. You need to show them how to compensate for it. Like show a dyslexic kid who can't spell well how to use a dictionary and look up words really well. Or a kid that can't do math really well to use a calculator to do it. You know what I'm saying? These, and then find the gifts that they have and help them bring those out. That would be a much better use of our time. And stop labeling kids as dyslexic or uh, learning disabled. I was in a learning disabled group. Can you imagine the trauma just of all the kids knowing that you're in this disabled group? You know what I mean? Like you're stupid. We can change these things to make it uh, more ex uh, I say equal and helpful to our kids instead of such a, you know, scarring, traumatic thing. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, hopefully no, that makes sense. I appreciate you bringing all of these things up because they matter. And they're going to matter to some of the people who are listening for different levels. They might be a parent of a child who's struggling, or they might be the person who felt that way growing up and feels those scars. And so it's important to recognize that we have these experiences and that we can make something good out of it. And I loved how you brought up that it's not that there's this problem. It's usually compensated with a strength elsewhere. And so what you're saying is you are not average. You are not neurotypical. Well, great. You're not average. Who wants to be average? You, you had strengths and you had weaknesses. And I'm sorry that the other kids, we have a natural tendency to pick on people that are different. And I hate that. And I would love to, to not be that way. So well, I actually found a way that we can actually do that. Well, let's uh, talk about that now. Let's, let's okay. go there. Well, let's first, talk I think about it's important for all the parents that have kids like this, to make sure that their children understand that there is nothing wrong with them. The problem is in these other people, okay? Because if you're going, if you have this disability, and it wasn't just me that was mocked. I mean, there was a kid in a wheelchair, uh, you know, thrown out of his ear wheelchair, and people laughing at him, or other girls with other disabilities that, you know, they would ask her out and mock her and, and then tell her they're not on a date. I mean, it's just this horrible, horrible things that they would do to people, oh, that's so um, damaging. you know, pretending like they like people and then, you know, somehow are just embarrassing them to the nth degree in front of everybody or something. Anyway, we don't have to go into that. But the point I'm saying is that the problem isn't in the kid, right? You got enough problems to deal with if you have a disability going to school and having everybody mocking you all the time and calling you stupid is just making everything worse. It got to the point where, I wake up and I was a really happy kid, a lot of energy, wanted to go out there and have fun and do all this. And then, you know, after you're called stupid every day and people are mocking you and hitting you and throwing you in trash cans and stripping you down, eventually you just don't want to go out anymore. You know, you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to do anything. God forbid they ask you to stand up in class and do anything. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's laughing at you and everything. It doesn't help. So there's a better way to handle it. And I, that's in the third book. I have three books, just, you know. They're not all out yet. The first book just came out. It's The Way. It's the, all the seven steps, the whole philosophy. The second book is The Life Manual, which covers a lot of the foundations in life in the nitty-gritty details that we all need. I couldn't put it all in one book. Um, and then we have the third book, which is The Child and Family Guide, and it goes through universal ways of all of us you know, bringing up humans to be the best people they can be. And in there, we talked about how to stop bullying. And one of the foundations to this is to instill in your children this idea of treating others as you want to be treated and seeing them as equals. And you have to ask them this over and over and over every time they do something wrong. You know, Johnny, would you really want somebody to do that to you? You know, how would you feel if that was done to you, Johnny? How do you, you know, and then if a kid is bullying, pull them out in front of all of their peers and make them 
apologize, talk about the situation and say, and have everybody understand how wrong it is and make them apologize to the other kid in front of everybody. You can't put this behind closed doors and just send the kid home and put him in his room. That's not going to fix anything. It's this idea of, you know, psychological, they call it the bully beatdown. You have to have a bully see how wrong it is. And I've also been in a lot of fights throughout my life. And it's this weird scenario. If you, if you fight a bully and you beat him or and just make him look stupid, don't even hurt him, just you know, hold him down to the ground until he's like, all right. Um, for some reason, they like you. They want to be your friend. They, they get this idea if you give mercy, if you can overwhelm them, that it changes people. And that, just so you know, I lived in Japan. This is a psychological level on, on humanity, whereas like in, in uh, Germany and Japan, we literally could have just killed everyone or and made them our slaves, taken their country. And we didn't do that. We, we beat them down, but then we helped them back up and helped them see what it is to be truly human. I actually had a, um, a really old woman. I lived in this town. I, I met a lot of people in Japan, obviously. And uh, numerous times, older, older, really old people came up to me, and they were just amazed that we did that. Like, that's what changed the whole attitude in Japan to seeing people as uh, not as dogs and lesser and, you know, we're the superior you know, this idea of sickness of superiority has happened in Germany and in Japan. It's not uh, just one people. And it's this idea that, that somebody's better than you. And when you show them that you're, that you're equal and you're willing to show mercy, it can change your mind. So I know I just went on a little bit, but I, I think this is really important because bullying. I do too. The kid, yeah, the kids that grow up to be, you know, that don't, aren't corrected as kids as bullies, they grow up to really create problems in our society because they think that this behavior is okay. Right. Absolutely. I tend to go on a bit, so I know we have a shorter show. i got to remember <laughs> to slow down a little bit. Sorry, well. buddy. Well, let's talk a little bit about these seven, these seven steps in the way. What sure. are they? Sure. Well, you know, what I found is if you're going to um, convey a truth to the world, you have to do it, obviously, in a linear way, and you have to do it in a way that makes sense to everybody. So the way starts off with, uh, this concept of what is the diff what is the true goal of life, and this kind of sets the stage because we have to all kind of get down to the nitty gritty, but we got to start to get everybody on the same page. We have from to somewhere. begin with the end in mind, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what is the get us all started? It's like so. What is the true goal of life? And uh, let's see if I can do this really quickly. So the true goal of life, we talk about the difference between success and true success. When we talk about success, right? People get caught up in this idea of wealth, power, and fame sometimes being super holy or intelligent or even beautiful, and meaning the more money you have, the more power you have, the more successful you are, right? Seems like everybody understands that, and we see that in our society. And what you realize, though, if you study the lives of people that are successful, you don't find that automatically all their problems are solved. They don't automatically become healthy, have great relationships, know what to do every day. If anything, it's just huge challenge, right? Will you become corrupted? You know, will you become indolent? Will you, uh, you know, become this or be infected by this sickness of superiority? And, you know, just don't do what really you need to do. So if success, meaning wealth, power, and fame isn't true success, what is? And this is where we get into what I just uh, kind of sum up as what a loving uh, parent or mother would want for their kid. And this is things like, 
being happy and healthy, have great relationships, find something that they're really passionate about, they love doing, that they're making money from and being able to support a wonderful life and all the other pieces that make up this, you know, complete and wonderful life. And honestly, that's what we all want, right? Everybody wants to be happy, have the, find our people, do something that we love doing every day, uh, having enough money to retire and go on vacation and send our kids to school and not worry about, you know, oh, I missed one paycheck and I'm out on the street type deal. You know, we all want this wonderful life. And this is kind of the formation of the whole idea of the way. And if you look at the world today, this is played out right now. There are literally billions of us who want a wonderful life, right? We want to send our kids to great schools. We don't want this functional business or government and all these psycho things happening in our world. We want to create a better world, but we just don't know the way to do it. And what I found is that's why I'm doing this. I could have been doing other things. I'm not the best, you know, as far as writing, because I'm not a super writer guy. That's like, I'm a dyslexic. So it was like unpacking years and years, 30 years of work to get these sentences just to make sense. So, you know, this idea of, of true success and what we all want then becomes a question of like, literally, how do we do it? You know, how do we get there? What are the nitty gritty details? And that's what the rest of the book shows us. And I love Does that, that all makes sense. Yeah. Because I believe change comes from a combination of learning and doing, right? So yeah. part of the learning here is recognizing what our goal and our objective is. And we, we, you talked about success and true success. And I think a lot of people think that the way to true success is through that traditional success. Well, I will be happy when I have X amount of dollars in my bank account. I will be happy when I am popular and I have this many followers on my social media. Do you know what I mean? And we yeah. don't understand that the change actually comes from the inside out, that it's different. And if we want true happiness, there is nothing wrong with having a lot of money. I think that's lovely. And there's nothing wrong with having success in our business and success in all those things. Yeah. But yeah. that's not the end goal. Like you said, that's, it's that's happiness. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And there, like you just said, I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's actually no, a big part of life. We need people in these positions, you know, to do certain things. It's like we just don't want them to be corrupted, right? We want them to doing the good job for all of us and all the rest. Um, so this whole idea, I think, is how do you how do you create a better and better human being? And this is what the way is. And let me, if you want, um, we can go into the the four keys that make up the solution that everybody's after. Let's go there. Okay. Uh, I can do this uh, fairly quickly, I think. So when I talk to people, and I, I've studied this throughout all of human history, when you look at all the different paths that people have presented uh, to help people become better people, it really boils down to four uh, keys. And when you add them together, you get the the really the focus, the total solution that we're after. And the first one of these keys is, it's called, uh, let me just do all four together, and then you, we'll talk about each one. So it's the, the way is to live rational, positive action. And living has to do with, this literally has to be a solution that we can live all the time. It can't be something that we need to go to the mountains for 20 years and maybe get somewhere. Or, you know what I mean? It's got to be something we can live every day. And the second piece is living rational. And I use the word rational to mean a lot of different traits. It's you know, living rational, meaning uh, it's logical, it's holistic, it covers all these different areas of life. You know, it, life is like this. If, if any of the major foundations of your life falls down, it can ruin you, meaning you're only as strong as your weakest link. So it's got to cover all these different bases and it's got to be fun. And, and again, it's got to have everything. So it's living rational. 
And then it's positive because it's about integrating the good into your life. Now, what human beings name the highest good, the best traits that we admire in people, that we want in ourselves, we call these virtues. And there are a lot of different virtues, like being um, respectful and rational and resilient and persevering and uh, healthy and happy and punctual, you name it. I mean, there's a lot, right? So we're trying to integrate all these different virtues into our lives. So it's living, rational, positive action, because with every virtue, you need to have a lot of different actions that go along with it if you're really going to make it work. And what we call the highest level actions, we call best practices. And over thousands of years, we've discovered a lot of best practices in all these different areas of life. So it's like uh, with the virtue of being punctual, we need to take actions like setting reminders and leaving on time. With being healthy, you would have to have a lot of different action items, the best practices of sleep and eating habits and working out and all the rest, right? And there's a combination of all of those that are going to let you live the virtue of being healthy. Same thing with happiness or resiliency or you name it. Uh, there have a lot of different actions that will help you build these qualities or be this person. So it's living rational, positive action. That is the way for us to be the best people we can be as well as fix our world. And I just want to touch on one other point. You keep mentioning that, um, you know, it's like uh, we need to become better people to be to create a better world. And that's what I found. We, we are our society. Everything that's happening in the world is a reflection of us. And if we do not have a core belief system, a way of being that we all share, a foundation that we can all stand on and uh, hold hands and make a better world together. I know that sounds a little comfortable, yeah, but um, that the idea that, you know, we're all so different and everything else isn't true. We're human beings. We're one race, the human race. We all share the same basic needs and wants and desires and everything else. And what I found is we all want to be our best. We all want to live in a wonderful world. So the question is, how do we do it? And that's what we're talking about. So you're integrating these virtues into your life and joining with all sorts of other people that have in the right way in these different organizations that we started. And we can change the world and make it a better place. It's really that easy. Isn't that fantastic? Changing the world. And what a beautiful, wonderful goal. And I love that you brought up that that's really what we all want. But a lot of people have this idea that it's up to somebody else. Somebody who is in charge needs to, needs to fix my world and make it all better. And the way is for us to change ourselves. And I love that you created a community so that we can come together with other people who are doing these kinds of things. So for those who are listening, yes, we all want a better world. But the place we need to start with is ourselves. And so listening to principles that are true principles, and I love that as you talked about, you're putting together all these pieces and elements for the way that these are true principles. And that means it works for everyone. It's not just, okay, this helped Andrew who had a, a not enjoyable childhood growing up, but now he is awesome because he is special or da, 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 da. No, it's because he followed these principles and they work for anyone and that's magical i think yeah well i have to say i found these principles i didn't know them as a child um i i so love luckily you know people that make it through they usually have people that help them honestly if it wasn't for my mom uh and even my sister my family to help me i wouldn't have i i don't know that i would have made it honestly because she especially my mom would reinforce that it's not me as the problem you know, I mean, it's these other kids. And she would show me lists of people that had dyslexia that were 
I can't remember them all, like Edison and whatever, all these super people in life. She goes, honey, you, you're, you're okay. You know, you're good. You, you are like these other people. Just because you're having a hard time right now doesn't mean you're not going to be okay later and, you know, whatever it may be. So uh, I think it's important that everybody have somebody. Uh, and there's a lot of kids that don't make it. You know, there's a lot of kids that turn to drugs and alcohol and drop out of school and, you know, feel like there's something wrong with them, don't achieve what they can be because they don't have these people. So that's one of the principles I'd like to um, change in the world. And I think, like what you're saying, these universal truths that ring true to everybody. I swear, I've been on like almost 50 shows now. I've talked to thousands of people. Uh, people DM me all the time and message me and whatnot. And they all say the same thing. I haven't had any negative feedback. They're like, you're right. This is the way. These are universal truths. We do need to know this. People say, this should be in our schools. This should be in our prisons. This should be taught everywhere. And for those of you who know that, that why it's not is because I am starting behind the eight ball. While I have these other businesses and whatnot, I kind of gave them up, put them on the back burner so I could get this message out because this is the most important thing in the world. Um, and what I want to say is like, as there are best practices on how we can be to come become the best people we can be. It's also when we unite together, not everybody needs to become super active. The more of us there are, the more power we have. Just imagine this. And this is easy in this global world that we have now. There are more people connected than ever in human history. This is the only time that we could really make these global changes. Imagine a billion people or more in a group. Imagine all the uh, civil rights movement groups all over the world, all the environmental groups. They're not stopping what they're doing. They're just also then joining in this massive group. Now we've got a billion people, people donating, uh, maybe half of them donate a dollar a month and half of them are so click on petitions, you know, and back up what the leaders of that group are doing. Maybe a few thousand of them do show up and boycott or protest here and there, but it's not, everybody has to go out in the streets and march type of thing. And there may be moments for that if we can't make the changes, but I literally outlined the steps how we can peacefully force positive change in our society. And the first step is to have everybody understand the basic principles and universal truths of life and why you're here. And if the people that we see as corrupted, there's only about 100 companies and 100 people in the world that are literally ruining this for all of us. I mean, it's 100, like 200 entities that if we just changed, uh, we can fix our world. And it's not that hard. The companies, if they're public, we either buy them, put people, I mean, buy all the stock, put the people we want on the board and then the CEO in the top places and make the company change, or we boycott them out of business. There's one or two options there, and we don't have to do it violently. It could, it, most companies want to exist, so if you just point them in the right direction and you kind of make it like you have no other option, they'll just do it. And then we don't have petroplastics destroying the world or all this horrible pollution that nobody wants and all the rest. So what I'm saying is it's not as hard as we make it out to be if we just unify. And I started, like you mentioned, uh, the one tribe is where we all meet to uh, learn these different principles and whatnot. I'm just started out on Facebook. I know not everybody likes Facebook. I got to start somewhere. I'm trying to on LinkedIn too and whatnot. Um, we'll have our own place eventually. But so we have the one tribe, the one movement, and one party. The one movement is about joining all these good people and organizations together, so we can focus on certain things. And I just want to say this. I know um, I've gone I've gone on a little bit, but I don't know if people know this, but it's not even in the news. But the Amazon rainforest is literally being destroyed. We say, oh, the Amazon, whatever. This is the lungs of the world. If you don't know what that means, you have to look it up. Because the Amazon and the way it works with the ocean and the plankton and everything else literally supplies most of the oxygen that we breathe in our world. And if they're destroying the Amazon, it is literally destroying something that was created 
if you believe in God, by God to feed our uh, our lives and keep us alive. So we as a human race need to bond together and stop this. And the billionaires and billionaires of the world, there's so many of them now. Could you just buy it, go down there, make some deal with the government to stop it, pay off those farmers, buy the land, hire people to go in there and literally stop it from happening? It's not that hard. I don't understand. We'd rather fly in space than literally save our world. It doesn't make any sense what's happening. Right. Sorry, I could go on and on. <laughs> so as people want to connect through your things, can they get them these, like your Facebook and all these through your website? Yes, Is absolutely. That so if I put that link, then they will be able to connect with all of your different resources? Absolutely. The hub for everything is the website, and it's okay. uh, seven Me, the number seven, W-A-Y dot M-E. So you can go there. I named it that because it's like seven Me. The way has seven steps. The seventh foundation is the organization behind everything. So it's like a command. Seven Me now. You go there, and you can get everything. You learn about the book, watch videos, find links to all the social media groups and the tribe and the movement and everything else. Fantastic. Well, Andrew, thank you. I appreciate your mission and I can feel your passion. And that is going to is going to come through to the people who are listening, to the people who are watching, that this matters to you. And because it matters to you, it will help waken people to, wow, he really believes this. Maybe we really can make a difference. And that's beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate that. We can, honestly. There's nobody that understands the way in its fullness that doesn't see that truth. So don't just be jaded and walk by this. This really, really is something new. Uh, everybody's saying that. Even the publishers said that. So, you know, take a look and let's uh, make the changes happen. You know, it's not as hard as everybody's telling you it is. All right. Well, let's change the world. Andrew, thank you. Thank you for visiting with me today. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Wonderful. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Joshua Marine. He said, challenges are what make life interesting. Overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. Today, I invite you to live a meaningful life and to make a positive difference in the world. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.